0: Tuesday Night Mystery Club. Hello and welcome to the Tuesday Night Mystery Club Short Stories Edition. I am your host, Caitlin McCluskey, and today I am joined with my boyfriend, Michael Borello, who really likes car sounds. Hello, Michael.
1: (laughs) Hello, how's it going? (laughs) Am I right? Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so for today's episode, we're trying something new. We're doing um, a short story of an Agatha Christie that is called the Plymouth Express. And so this is going to be just like a chapter long story that is also a mystery.
1: Awesome. I'm excited.
0: (laughs) Me too. So this story starts, it's like um, there's this young sailor who's getting into the Plymouth Express, which I didn't look up, but I'm assuming is just a train that goes somewhere in England, maybe through London probably to plymouth who knows okay (laughs) and um so he's getting on at newton abbott station and he gets in the porter's like do you want me to put your bag up he's like no i'm gonna get something out of it um and he goes to close the window because it's december and it's open and he kind of as he's closing it it's like weird it kind of smells like chloroform oh and (laughs) But you can imagine if it smells like chloroform, it probably is chloroform.
1: Yeah. He's also probably not going to be awake for very much longer.
0: (laughs) So he gets whatever he needs out of his bag and then goes to put it under the seat and it won't, it won't fit. It won't go under. And he's like, what is it? And just shoves it harder and then like looks under because it's still not going. And can you guess what he sees under the seat?
1: A jug of chloroform?
0: Um. No, a dead body. A woman's body who's been stabbed through the heart. Yikes. I now we're getting right into it. So a few days later, our famous detective, Hercule Poirot, and his friend Hastings, who's kind of like um, with Sherlock and Holmes, he has Watson. Yep. Hastings is kind of like Watson. So they're sitting at home. I think Hastings lives with Poirot. It's like for... If, if Agatha Christie's books go on for 80 years, Hastings is living there through maybe half of them. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's less than that. Okay. So they're sitting at home. Um, they've just received a letter from Ebenezer Halliday, and he's asking them for a meeting. Who And he ends up being, he's the father of the woman who was found dead in the train. And he's also, they call him the steel king of America. So I think that's basically to say he's super rich, powerful
1: whatever so Ebenezer is a steel king and his daughter is the one who is on the train dead
0: yeah so oh. Ebenezer Halliday I'm gonna call him how Hall- like Mr. Halliday throughout um and I don't think we've been introduced to his daughter yet on what her name is but we'll get okay. to her so Poirot and Hastings are talking of how the woman used to be in love with the Count de la Rochefort And the reason they're talking about that is because Poirot had met both of them in Paris years and years and years ago. And he had recognized that this count, Count de la Rochefort, had been like unsavory and the father had like gotten his daughter away from him. He didn't want her to have anything to do with him.
1: Okay. For what reason again?
0: They called him unsavory. I think it was just one of those men that was like really good at finding rich women and like getting their money out of them, basically. Okay. Um, they don't say why. I think they just call him unsavory. So it could have... I, I don't know what that means in that time. Maybe it meant something else. Mm-hmm. So she had later married um, the Honorable Rupert Carrington, but it didn't go well. He was also... Um, he just didn't show it right away, but he also only married her for her money. So they the marriage, I think, quickly fell apart in the sense that they didn't get divorced, but they just like stopped living together. Okay. So that's what had happened. Then... They go to see Mr. Holiday at his house. I assume he's living, he must be living in England. Maybe he has house in both America and Is England. Is Poirot and Hastings? Poirot and Hastings go to see Mr. Holiday. Okay. Yep. And he tells them all about the case. So he's telling them that her, his daughter had been traveling to Avonmead um, to join a house party where she needed to bring, it was like there were going to be a lot of balls and galas at this, I don't know, I guess it was like an extended weekend party or something, but she's okay. going to need all her like super fancy jewels. And so, what was this when,
1: place called again?
0: It was called Avonmead.
1: Avonmead. Okay.
0: I don't know if that's like a like that was like a station or that was the name. Of, I mean, probably the name of the house or like the name of the mansion was Avonmead.
1: So for some uh, fancy party.
0: For some fancy long day-long party. Okay. Or more, more multiple day-long party.
1: Well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much the dying part, but.
0: No, but also just having like a bunch of fancy jewels that you get to wear to a party. mm Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> for you, it would be like um, uh, cufflinks and watches.
1: <laughs> yeah, and cars. And cars, and cars.
0: <laughs> you wouldn't take the train, you'd drive there. Yeah. <laughs> so she carries her own jewels, and she has like a jewel case. Um, so she was in a first-class carriage, and her maid was in a third-class carriage behind her with the rest of the luggage, but she traveled with the kind of expensive stuff herself. And that was, they had been stolen, so that's part of the what the murder was about, I think. Yeah, for sure. So,
1: but she had the jewels in first class, right? The,
0: the 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 daughter had the jewels in first class. The maid had the rest of the luggage in third class. Okay, got it. So at their change, the how it was going to work is they were traveling, I think, from London to Bristol, and then from Bristol they were getting, they were doing a change and getting on a new train, uh, new train. Okay. And at Bristol, the maid collected the bags, but was so she the maid comes out of the third class carriage, she has the bag, she goes to the first class carriage to see this daughter's name is Flossie carrington because she's married this rupert carrington guy so she's Flossie? told by floss flossy yeah okay so she's told by flossy that flossy's not getting out of bristol um she's gonna go further but the maid should take the bags um out of the train go sit in the like the tea room and the train station and wait for her she'll be back on an up train like she'll come back into bristol sometime later in the afternoon okay so that's weird um so the because- woman wants
1: her to wait there right
0: the woman, yeah. The, the the daughter wants her to wait there. Okay. So after the, the the maid stays in the train station and after the last train comes into the station and she still sees no sign of her mistress, she leaves the bags with, um, she's like checked the bags in. Okay. Um, and she leaves them and goes and checks herself into a hotel to stay overnight. And it wasn't until the next morning that she heard all about the, the death of her mistress. Damn. Yeah. So the maid is Jane Mason. That's her name and she, oh she she had told the police that when she was talking to her mistress in bristol flossie was no longer alone there was a man in the carriage who she never mm. saw his face um but he was like he was standing at the back of the carriage while flossie was talking to her so that's kind of you know more development yeah so they're finished speaking with um the father Ebenezer Halliday and they start to question the maid this is Poirot and um, Hastings start to question the maid and she says that Flossie had seemed very nervous at Bristol like constantly looking behind her at the guy but the the man had never spoken
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, she says that the man was tall slender and had like dark hair but she'd never seen his face And she couldn't be sure when Quest asked if it was Mr. Carrington, the husband, she couldn't be sure because they didn't live with this guy anymore. So she barely saw him and wasn't like totally sure what he looked like, but said it could have been because he did have the same build. Okay. so she also they asked her, could the man have gotten on at Bristol while she was getting the bags? Like, would there have been enough time for him to get on? Um, and she says, "Yes, it took her long. Like it took her a few minutes to get the bags off the train before she had gotten to her mistress's carriage. But that she kind of just assumed that he had he had already been on the train and come through the the hallway, which is kind of what everyone's suspecting because there wouldn't have been a lot of time
1: for him to get on the train at Bristol.
0: Yeah. So when the train stopped at Bristol, for him to get on, speak to the mistress before Flossie got there with the bags. I see. Yeah. The maid then asked them if they knew um, how the mistress, how her mistress had been dressed that day." And she kind of explains to them that she was wearing, like, a white fox fur hat and this blue frieze coat and skirt that was, like, a really um, electric blue. Okay. Um, Which I think had been, it was kind of this just idea of, like, it was really striking what she was wearing. So then Mr. Halliday, I think the maid leaves. And before Poirot and Hastings leave, um, Mr. Halliday shows them a note that he found in his daughter's purse. And it's from the Count de la Rochefort, this guy that she had been like maybe in love with years and years and years ago and it's um they're kind of restarting their relationship he's like telling her it's i'm so it was so glad to see you uh or to see you again why don't we meet up soon or something like that
1: that's from the count and it was that's from the the count sorry and that was found on the woman or in her her it was it
0: was found in her purse um and so it's he's kind of he hadn't told the police this because he didn't I don't think he wants them to know that his daughter was like married and seeing someone else possibly for whatever reason, but he's kind of telling Poirot, this is why I don't fully suspect the husband because now I'm thinking it could be this, this other man.
1: Right. Interesting. Mm
0: -hmm. And I guess they note um, that the count was also tall and dark. So he also kind of would have fit that description. I see. So next Poirot checks up on the count to see where he was and he finds that he had left his hotel the day of the murder so immediately hastings is like yeah well we've got our man they're like yeah, easy yeah. um but so this is like the joke is hastings is always he's like always he's always in love with like the girl and so he never thinks oh. that the woman can be like the murderer things like that but he's also mm-hmm. um like jumps to conclusions like as soon as something happens he's like oh easy whereas poor i was like uh no, no 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 you didn't think about it mm-hmm. <laughs> So Poirot, when Hastings kind of says, oh, easy, Poirot says, "Uh, but you haven't thought about it. Why would the count want to kill her to steal the jewels? Because she's, this woman is like his cash cow. Like if he kills, he would just steal the jewels. He wouldn't kill her. And then vice versa. He's thinking, why would the husband steal the jewels? Like he would want to kill her because, oh, I think I, I think I forgot to say this at the beginning, um, that the will... Uh, the husband inherits her money like he, she he's the sole benefactor of her will right so they're saying he would want to kill her to get that money but why would he steal the jewels that would just incriminate him like if they're found on him or if he tries to sell them
1: wait so they're discounting the husband right not like the rupert guy not um the counter rush
0: they're they're que- they're not discounting either of them they're just questioning both their motives so for the count they're questioning she's the cash cow he would They think the count would be more likely to steal the jewels and not kill her because um, she's kind of in love with him. So even if he they found out he had stolen the jewels, she'd probably forgive him is what they think. Not that they're sure. Um, So they're saying, why would the count kill her? And then for the husband, they're saying, why would the husband steal the jewels? He would only want to kill her to inherit her money from her will.
1: Right, right, right.
0: They're just kind of saying like there's there's this back and forth between there's some questions about both people.
1: So she liked the count. Rush boy, though, right?
0: Um, it seems like it. We just have that note to go on, but she had, like, I think we think she had been in love with her like how like a decade before when they had been in Paris together.
1: I see, so maybe he's salty about that. That she married it's possible
0: it's possible. So then they run into Inspector Jap, who is he's like, um, another classic character throughout a lot of the Hercule Poirot stories. Um, mm-hmm. he's like, in uh, an inspector for scotland yard and he's on this case he's investigating the murder because it's such a high power murder the you know the steel king's daughter
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and so he kind of visits with them um to give them some info and just talk about what's going on poirot helps inspector jap a lot and then Japp okay. jap takes all the credit is kind of what happens
1: <laughs> <Sick>.
0: <laughs> yeah so Poirot is able to, so Inspector Japp has gone, he's gone like on his this like investigative mission. And Poirot is able to guess what Japp found without having done anything, having I mean. just like sat around at home. So it's pretty impressive. And so the things that he guesses are that, well, well sorry, first, the train stops went from from Bristol, then it went to Weston, then it went to Taunton. Those were like the, the next three stops. Okay. And that's just to, get, like, to give t- some geographical information. So the knife was found between Weston and Taunton. So they're saying she would have still, they think she was still alive between Bristol and Weston. And then she would have been stabbed after Weston, between Weston and Taunton, because that's where the knife was found. It was thrown out of the window on the train tracks.
1: Oh, I see. I was going to ask. So the knife was found between Weston and Taunton? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um. So Poirot, the other thing that he guesses, is that when they had arrived at, Weston the paper boy remembered remembered Flossie because she had tipped him a half crown when she had bought two magazines and I think he also remembers she kind of like was looking at the magazine and said like oh haha the woman on the front of this cover is wearing blue just like me like it was the same color Mm -hmm. so that's another reason why they're like they're pinning the death like the stabbing happening between Weston and Taunton for that reason and the murder weapon um, and then the last thing that he guesses, Poirot guesses, is that they, so Jap has also said that the um, the jewels have started to be sold. They caught the man who was starting to sell them. And okay. Poirot guesses, uh, let me guess, he's a short man. And Jap's like, yeah, how'd you know that? Um, he's a man called Red Narkey, who they're kind of saying it as if this is a guy who's known to the police. Like he's, he's in this gang. We know of the gang. They kind of the way they work is there's this other woman called Gracie kid and she normally works with them and like, they'll do like some kind of scam, but she doesn't seem to be in it this time. This is kind of what he's saying.
1: What was this guy's name again?
0: Red Narky.
1: Red Narky. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So red Narky and this grace person, Gracie have like a gig where they scam a bunch of people, but it seems like this grace person isn't involved.
0: Yeah. They they don't know how she's involved. They think it's red Narky. And then they think that the other accomplice has gotten to um europe already they say i forget where they say in europe but holland maybe i don't know where the where the gang is based (laughs) okay that's i don't have any like that's all the information there is about this gang i don't know if they've featured in any other stories before okay um and then so at this point poirot has solved the case what (laughs) okay do you want like were there any I would say, start by saying, are there any things that you thought were kind of maybe suspicious or you were like, that doesn't seem to make sense from the story I was telling you?
1: Okay, so he already knows who did it? Damn. <laughs> I guess they mentioned the smell of chloroform, but that never comes yeah. up again, like at the beginning.
0: I think, I think they'd say, I mean, like, I just might not have mentioned this. I think they say they chloroformed the woman and then stabbed her. Like, I think... Um, I think maybe they found chloroform in her system. The chloroform was found was smelled by a man who had gotten on several stops later on the train trip. Okay. So I think I think the idea you're meant to like get is that the window is open to try and get rid of the smell of chloroform, but it was still kind of lingering in the room.
1: Got it. When this guy gets on. Yeah, the, the young sailor guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Because he got on at Newton Abbott Station, which is presumably way after.
0: Yeah, um, I think they give a description of how many stops later, but we'll just say it's like...
1: Yeah, it's a bunch. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so the woman's found dead. She's the daughter of this big hotshot guy named the Steel King. She was yes. supposed to be going to a party in Avonmead. Yeah. Where presumably there's a bunch of other very wealthy people. Yeah. Um she's carrying a lot of money and jewels. The maid, her maid, uh what yes. was the maid's name? Uh.
0: Jane
1: Jane Marston Mason, I think. right? Jane mason yeah yeah the maid is carrying a bunch of her other stuff at bristol the woman says to the maid okay wait here i'm gonna go do something and then come back and the maid notices that she's with some tall slim guy who has black hair
0: yeah
1: and then she just never comes back
0: yeah so i think the the maid says that she was told by her mistress i'm i i'm actually not going to get off at bristol i'm going to continue on further but i'll take a train like an up train back to bristol later this afternoon so just wait for
1: okay. me so oh that's why she was on the train past bristol to the other two stops, yes. weston yeah. whatever it was okay
0: but she didn't give any reason why she was staying on the train to the maid and um it wasn't they're kind of saying it wasn't like her like this was weird
1: yeah and presumably it was to meet somebody oh, that's interesting do, do they give any details about the party? Like, no. Or like, what about this guy's enemies? Does this Steel King guy have any, like, competitors?
0: Nope, they don't talk about it. The party, is I mentioned again, it's kind of just used as a way, like, this is why she was on the train, and this is yeah. why she had her jewels with her.
1: And the Count has no explanation for not being in his hotel the day of the murder?
0: Um, No, I don't, but I also don't think they question him.
1: Oh, really? Hmm.
0: Possibly the police did, but Poirot didn't, so we don't have that information.
1: Yeah, and oh. I mean... Farrow's assistant, I forget, it, Hastings, is that his name?
0: Yeah, Hastings.
1: Hey, Hastings is being haste with his evaluation and automatically yes. thinks that guy is yeah. the, the murderer. And Poirot says no. And if Poirot says no, I'm, I feel like I'm <laughs> going to go with his gut, given that yeah. he already knows the answer.
0: <laughs> I should also say um, the, the father, Mr. Ha- um, Halliday, he hadn't told the police about the letter from the count. So the police actually don't really aren't factoring the count into anything.
1: The letter from the count remind me what that was so
0: she had um uh the father had found a letter oh, from right. the count the, in the, the daughter's, daughter's
1: purse trying to be like oh yo let's hang out
0: yeah basically yeah it's like the you up text
1: <laughs> hmm and that's not her that's that's the count de for right not yeah uh, that's Rupert not her husband that's
0: the other guy parenting. she also was in the process of like st- talking to lawyers about a divorce so she was kind of go- she was starting that process
1: Oh, so she's trying to get divorced. So now this looks like she's trying to get divorced with Rupert and hook up with this other guy.
0: Possibly. I think the other way they, the police might are thinking about it is that she's trying to get this divorce and the the husband is realizing, I'm not going to be getting any money anymore. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. Killed. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. He, he now realizes that he no longer is the beneficiary of, of wealth.
0: Yeah. But we have to. We have to still think about it. And what Poirot says is, why would he steal the jewels? And then how did this red narkey guy get the jewels? Because hmm. that was like confirmed. He he was trying to sell the same jewel that was stolen.
1: What did her husband do?
0: Seems like just slouched around and tried to get money from her.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> a total leech.
0: <laughs> yeah. They don't mention if he has a career. He they call him the um, the honorable. So I'm guessing he was born into power. I yeah. don't really know.
1: I don't know, like that's like perfect that seems like the perfect storm to get involved with in some like drugs or something, and then that's how you get um, involved with the red Narky guy.
0: So you're thinking that they he was the one in the the husband was the one in the train cars, the tall, dark, slim guy, and he is working with red narky.
1: Maybe, yeah. Maybe there's some gig where he's like, Oh, I'm gonna lose all this money because she's gonna divorce me. And yeah. Because he's just had money his entire life, he's, I guess, developed habits like drugs or something. And that's how he gets involved with this Red Narky guy, or at least he knows him. Like maybe Red Narky's his dealer, even though his name has Nark in it. Um,
0: (laughs) You wouldn't trust that guy.
1: (laughs) Maybe that's their relationship there. Mm. Or like that's a connection. Yeah. And then Red narkey offers to uh, sell the jewels like on the black market or whatever and give this guy the yeah. money or give him a cut of the money
0: yeah i like it
1: that's my theory i don't think i'm gonna okay. come up with something better
0: no i like it i think that's a great theory would you like to hear the answer though
1: yeah of course
0: <laughs> okay so poro kind of takes them he tell i think he basically is like to inspect a jap um i'll let me catch i'll catch the person for you And Jap's like, what do you mean? How do you know? And so they go to all three of them, Hastings, Hastingsboro and Jap go to um, Mr. Halliday's house. And I think he basically, I think he just barges in there and goes up to the third floor and finds this trunk that's like in a room and he opens it and starts pulling through it and pulls out the white white fox fur hat and the blue electric dress, sparkly dress. What? And the... I think the three of them are kind of going, what? That was like the dead woman's clothes. And then Jane Marston, or what was her name? Jane Mason, walks into the room and goes, why are you looking through my trunk?
1: Was it the maid?
0: Yes. (laughs) So what had happened was, we are basing all of this off of the maid saying that, like the maid's the only one saying that um, Flossie was going past Bristol. And yeah. the maid was the one b- trying to point our attention to, Do you, did they tell you already what she was wearing? So they're kind of saying the maid in this day and age had a lot of um, power, not power, but like ability to decide what her mistress was going to wear. And so mm-hmm. she made sure to put her in this super um, vibrant clothes that would be recognizable so that she yeah. could pull off this, she's wearing the same clothes, They've already killed the mistress and she gets off at the Weston train station and purposefully tips a lot of money so that this paper boy will remember her. Damn. Because they're trying to fix the point of death, like the time of death. She probably was killed earlier than that.
1: I see. That's that's so true because the maid, like the rest of the story or the, the whole timeline hinges on the maid saying she got off. Exactly. She's like, well, yeah. I don't know. I got off the train. Yeah. Hmm. I guess the hint there would have been that it was very out of character for the woman, for uh, the daughter, right? For her to like just yeah. bail on the maid.
0: The the thing that Poro fixes it on is that the maid is saying, asking if they knew what the mistress was wearing. Because why oh, would the maid true. care that you know what she was wearing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. That's a good one.
0: So, but wait, wait. So the maid turns out is Gracie Kidd, who was involved with Red Narky.
1: Man, that's like a, that's a long inside job. Yeah. To, yeah how like, long
0: was this this made together yeah
1: it's like the the bank the bank jobs where they get some guy working there for like 20 years
0: yeah yeah it it's probably i bet she's been stealing from this woman a lot more than just this probably like mm-hmm. smaller things i would assume if you're a maid in the household mm-hmm. yeah it's a pretty good one what do you think
1: yeah that was solid i uh yeah that was a good one i don't think uh i don't think i would have guessed that it, yeah Makes a lot of sense now though definitely
0: yeah no totally it's one of those like as soon as you know it's going to happen you can kind of put together all of the points
1: as soon as you solve the murder it's easy (laughs) (laughs) cool
0: well thanks so much for joining me michael i'm glad you had a good time
1: yeah thank you that was a lot of fun that was awesome
0: and goodbye everybody